Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey everyone, welcome to a good football show. I am Matt Straup, and with the big moves of free agency now complete and team needs that much more clear, today we'll be bringing you part one of our mock draft. It will be picks 1 through 16 today, and next week we will venture to complete picks 17 through 32. I'm joined by Thor Nystrom and Hayden Winks. Guys, I was kind of hoping we were going to see you guys on camera and it was going to be full war room set up like i wanted to see like tables folding chairs sheaves of reams of paper telephones on the desk I got my but... board over here with the, the magnets and everything okay. the color coded magnets. okay good good hayden i have a sense that you have about 19 different spreadsheets open like how are you going to manage this my notes page right now has never been longer. And one of like, when I start, first started podcasting, my biggest thing is I had like way too many notes. And like after I like re listened to the podcast, I was like, you can tell I was like reading my notes. So like I just like to have really cut back on my notes going into podcasts, but that changes today. I'm expecting some chaos here. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if we don't have chaos, we've done something wrong. I'd right. say. All right, let's lay out the ground rules here. And I just want to say right off the bat, as the moderator of this draft, if I see any signs of extreme regional bias, I'm going to flag it right away. Thor, if you're taking like Rashad Bateman fourth overall or something, eyebrows are going to be raised. I just want that to be known. I'll do my best to avoid it. (laughs) Okay. All right, we're going to have... You guys are going to be alternating picks. It will be Hayden with odd-numbered picks, Thor with even-numbered picks. You'll have two minutes per pick. If you run out of time, then you auto-draft a kicker. I just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, trades are allowed but not encouraged because it's going to mess up my spreadsheet. But more importantly, we're only trading quarterbacks, right? Yeah. It would just get too confusing. Too confusing. It's going to be confusing enough as it is. We will try to keep you guys apprised of what is actually going on. And I think we're just going to get this thing underway. We're going to put Hayden on the clock with two minutes. Now, I know this is a tough one, Hayden. This is the, this is kind of one of the more difficult picks of the draft. So let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, the Jaguars probably already submitted this pick like four <laughs> months ago. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a predictive mock going going through. And we're, obviously, we're probably going to have some little biases here and there that hopefully we don't get called out on. But yeah, this is going to be Trevor Lawrence. There's not too much to discuss here. The Vegas odds are what they are. Um, the offensive line is basically fully re- retooled. It's not like the greatest offensive line, but all five starters are back. They've got a three-receiver set that at least is functional. So maybe Trevor Lawrence could actually have some decent numbers in, in year one. And you don't really see that too often with the rookie quarterbacks. Obviously it's going to be Trevor Lawrence here. All right. Hayden, 
has stunned the draft room by taking Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Okay, so Thor, that's going to put you on the clock for two minutes here, starting now. Your thoughts on Lawrence or whatever you got coming next? Oh, well, I mean, Hayden made the right pick, of course, the, the only pick there. Um, you know, and as far as the, the Jets go, um, you know, we thought we, maybe we would get more of a, more of an idea of, of where they were leaning vis-a-vis Sam Darnold and, and potentially taking a quarterback at two during free agency. I'm not sure that we did. It, it feels like we're in the exact same spot with the Jets that we were before. And so, you know, th- that's still, I mean, the, the intrigue starts here, right? The draft starts here. The way the tea leaves are going, um, Zach Wilson's going to be in this slot. Um, he's going to be a New York Jet unless they get uh, a trade to move out. I prefer Fields, like we've talked about before. I'll keep I'll keep that talk to a minimum until I, I take him a little bit later on. Um, but unless Hayden has a has a trade offer for for me, Joe Douglas, I will be taking Zach Wilson here. Yeah, no, I've I've noticed that some of the Jets beat reporters are not always predicting zach wilson here they'll like either find a trade partner like go kyle pitts or something crazy which is kind of catching my eye especially because Corey davis after he signed he said that yeah i signed here kind of expecting sam donald to be my quarterback so i don't know Mm. what's going on um i'm pretty confident that if it is a quarterback it's going to be zach wilson and that's what i would have done as well because that's what it just seems like most of the reports are saying that zach wilson is number two right now but it's not a lock that they don't move on from Darnold either. So it's, it's like Thor said, the, the draft starts here and yeah. we have no idea. And there was nothing about free agency that gave us any inclination one way or the other. So yeah, I, I agree with Thor. It's probably going to be Zach Wilson here, but it's not a lock yet. If recent Jets history is any indicator, we have no idea. It could be an accurate assessment of what's going on in, in their yep. front office. Thor, you got about 10 seconds left. Do you have an idea of, of what you're going to do? I'm I'm taking Wilson as the, as the Jets. You know, if it, again, like if I'm if I'm the Jets, I'm I'm waiting to see if I get a trade offer that's going to incentivize me um, to stick with Sam Darnold. That's what I want. Um, but if not, we're staying here and we're taking Zach Wilson. All right, Zach Wilson to Thor Nystrom's New York Jets. Hayden Winks is on the clock on behalf of we think the Miami Dolphins. Although obviously we've seen plenty of mock drafts where a trade happens there. I don't know if we're going to see our first trade happen with this three spot. Can I can I grease the wheels for a potential trade here, guys? Hey Thor, you got that Pan- Panthers pick at number eight. What's what's your thoughts on uh, Trey Lance? What's your thoughts on Justin Fields? You got the Panthers over there. If not the Panthers, 
I'm going to be going down to the Broncos and the Patriots need, need a quarterback. The 49ers need a quarterback. Hayden, you're also the Broncos. So. I know. I'm, I, I don't want as the as the Dolphins selector right now. I don't want to go too far down. So I'll start with number eight. That's so the, like the most realistic. The discrepancy in the at least in the Jimmy Johnson trade chart between these two picks is twenty two hundred for the Dolphins pick, fourteen hundred for the Panthers pick. So it's about an eight hundred point discrepancy, which is equal right. roughly to the twenty first overall pick in the draft. Yep. So we're gonna have to pony up a little bit here uh, if we did want to move up. We have the thirty ninth pick which is 510 points and we have the we have the 73rd pick which is 225 points yeah which and we saw and we can still go over 20 2022 picks with the dolphins right now i don't i think that i can find an offensive tackle that i'm looking for or the receiver that i want at pick number eight or nine so i'm not going to be too picky it's just if the panthers want to make a move i would do it we will give you both of our day two picks to move up why not let's do it (laughs) done Okay. Okay. So my spreadsheet is already mangled. So we've got now Carolina is picking third, correct? Yes. Okay. And Carolina now has 25 seconds to get this pick in, Hayden, or else you're taking a kicker. Well, Well, I'll let Thor. Yeah. Yeah. We already got the card. It's Justin Fields. We are, we're rushing this thing. The second we got that trade done, we are sprinting (laughs) with that card up to the podium. Um, This is Justin Fields uh, all the way. You could also make, you know, if you're trading up, you could, the Panthers, they could make an argument for Trey Lance here. Uh, But Justin Fields to me is the safer prospect. Um, And so we're going to go with Justin Fields. All right. Justin Fields is gone. It's done. Okay, now the Falcons are totally reeling. The Falcons, well, I don't know. In my mind, the Falcons are reeling. But now I guess we have Thor picking We're not again. reeling. Oh, okay, okay. The guy we want is here. We're taking Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, um, you don't see, you know, people are going to be Real like, quick, can I be yeah. the Broncos and I could, can I call up and offer okay. offer something? Is the card, so the card has not been submitted yet? Yeah, okay, no, I need, we were I'm, almost I'm there, the Broncos sure. and I'm desperate because as the Broncos, their free agency was awesome. They basically kept all their defensive players. We already know that they have the skill guys that they wanted and they are very one quarterback pick away. And I think that Trey Lance could be somebody that just sprinkle him right into the thing. So I want to, I want to move up if you're open to that. What, what do you got for me? I don't have anything. I, I don't have anything in front of me. Whatever it takes. Next got... year's first, whatever it is, I don't have anything. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll go by the Johnson chart. It's 1800 for the, the Falcons pick at four. Yeah. And the Broncos pick is 1350 at nine. So we have a discrepancy of, uh, what is that, 450? Um, so I'm going to need your... Well, your second round pick, the 40th pick overall, is worth 500 points. I'll take that. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll kick you back at seven if you want. Yeah, we'll do okay. that. Done. Sounds good. Yeah, thank you, uh, Thor, for managing all of the the Jimmy Johnson this. What diplomacy? Here. What diplomacy we're seeing here so far? By the way, <laughs> this is incredible. So some leaders could take note here. This is just remarkable. Uh, okay, so now the Broncos are picking Hayden, and the Broncos are picking fourth, and are on yep. the clock with 40 seconds left. So we, I think we, we know what the pick is here. It's going to be Trey Lance here. And they basically found both of their starting corners. They've re-signed um, their safety. They've reached an extension with their other safety. They retained their linebacker on the tag. They kept Von Miller. They already have Bradley Chubb. They re-signed defensive tackles. Their defense is stacked. I'm expecting a top five defense for the Broncos this year. I'm very intrigued with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Hamler, Noah Fant, Albert O. Um, running back's fine. They Garrett Bowles had a great season. Their offensive line looks okay right here. I'm guessing that's basically the other big team need. I just don't – if I'm sitting at number nine for the Broncos, 
there's not like a huge team need that I need to fill at that spot. I would rather just go up and grab the one need that we for sure need. And that's that quarterback and let Trey Lance and Drew Locke battle it for this first year. You can move on from, from Drew Locke next year. If Trey Lance does need a full season to kind of get groomed up. But yeah, I would love to see this happen. Do you immediately start keeping Trey Lance away from Drew Locke so he doesn't like pick up his bad turnover <laughs> habits? I mean, Trey Lance like didn't turn it over in college. I think you got to keep those that two is, in separate rooms. They are extremely different <laughs> players, which will be very interesting because I, I don't I'm guessing that their new general manager is truly calling the shots. And John Elway is like playing a just kind of uh, I'm a legend and I'm just going to hang around the building a kind of role. But yeah, if, it, if it's the new GM and he sees Drew Locke as, hey, we can get one year out of him. He's cheap. Let's groom up Trey Lance. And if we're six and six going into our bye week next year, we'll just drop in Trey Lance for a, a little playoff push and see what happens. Uh, I think Trey Lance can go very high in this draft. I think probably top five, top six. There, There is some risk there just because he's a small school prospect and just basically one, one year of starting experience. But he had awesome tape. He's a great person. And there's the upside we saw with Josh Allen. And Trey Lance is very similar in those in those regards. All right. Well, just to quickly reset, we've seen quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and Lance. I, I thought maybe we'd get one trade done. We've actually gotten two done already in four picks. And now Hayden, I think, is back on the clock as the Cincinnati Bengals. Correct. And this gets really interesting with the Bengals and because they have Penny Sewell and they need offensive line talent. They do have a, their left tackle already on Jonah Williams. So if you do draft Penny Sewell, that means Jonah Williams getting kicked inside because they just signed Riley Reef to play right tackle which I'm fine with doing. There's also Kyle Pitts. There's also Jamar Chase. And I'm going to go with Penny Sewell here. And I just think that you have to protect Joe Burrow at all costs. You can find receivers um, later in the draft, especially on day two. You've seen a lot of day two wide receivers kind of turn into quality starters in the last couple of years. T, T. Higgins looks like he can be a number one receiver. Tyler Boyd is a, a great slot option. And Joe Mixon's a decent receiver out of the running back uh Mixed too. So I think that they should prioritize offensive line here. Um, even though you would have to kick Jonah Williams to guard or to right tackle and then figure out what you're gonna do with Riley Reef. I think it's I think you have to be willing to do that, especially because Penny Sewell is only 20 years old. You gotta think about Joe Burrow, not just for 2021, but Joe Burrow for the next five, 10 years. And I think this is the one that makes the most sense. Tor, how are you feeling about that for the Bengals? And by the way, you are you and the Eagles are on the clock with 90 seconds left. I like I, I like the pick. That's that's where I would go. Uh, we've seen recently thought that maybe, maybe they'll go uh, reunite Chase with Burrow. Um, yeah. You know, maybe look at, at Pitts. You know, because Burrow is so good at throwing downfield, and, and you have like a, a baby Megatron there. Because um, obviously he can he can do the wide receiver thing as well. I, but I like that pick. That's exactly where I would go. I think Penny Sewell is the best offensive lineman. You know, tackle interior whatever that I've that I've evaluated in the five years I've been doing this. That's a big need for them and. Last year, we saw what happened to Mr. Burrow. You, you want to take care of that kid and make sure that he's healthy. Penny Sewell was the number one run-blocking offensive lineman in college football in 2019 as a sophomore, 19-year-old sophomore, and he was top three in the nation in, in pass blocking. I think he only gave up one sack during his career. So whichever way you're looking at it, this kid's a stud. I mean, you, like in the same way that Pitts or or Lawrence sort of peak above the rest of the class and, and, and you start to think back, when's the last time we saw a kid like this? That's like Sewell. Um, for me, he's – I'm not going to call him Orlando Pace or one of those guys, but he is the guy in this class. That is, you look at the last three, four, five, six classes, he would be the top offensive lineman if you if you put all the classes together. So it's it's a perfect fit for me, and that's that's absolutely who I would take there. And all then right. as far as far as yeah, the Eagles, yeah. 
this one's tight because the Eagles, they, you know, they could look the quarterback, of course, but the way this has gone with the quarterbacks going the first four picks, that's not even an option. We're not taking Mac Jones here. Um, and so uh, just thinking about it, like it's it's receiver would be the biggest, you know, theoretical need. Um, however, I'm not technically going to take one of those. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. You know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, Pitts, if if he was just a wide receiver, he would be in the argument with Chase as, as wide receiver one. And you're getting the value from the other stuff he can do, the versatility you can play him in line if you want. Um, he's going to be playing a lot in the slot and you can play him outside as well. You can play the kid anywhere. Florida did and he excelled everywhere. He's just a different kind of a prospect, not a tight end. Um, he is a stud wide receiver and a stud tight end in, in one package. Um, so we're going to go with him, a skew, perhaps a slightly bigger need, but you could just consider uh, Kyle Pitts a wide receiver if you like. Yep. And I mean, Dallas Goddard is the inline guy. He's much bigger than Kyle Pitts. And even if you didn't want to stick with a, a two tight end uh, base set um, for like the next five years, Dallas Goddard, this is his last year in his contract. So I, I love the pick. He, he turns into their X receiver. Jalen Reagan can kind of work on just like seeing like five targets per game. Cause I think that's kind of what the type of receiver he is anyway. So I would love, I like this pick too. Every mock draft I looked at on Wednesday before we recorded this had the Lions taking a wide receiver at number seven. Hayden, you are on the clock with 90 seconds left as the fictional Detroit Lions. Is that the direction you're headed? Yeah, it will be. I, I want to bring up one thing real quick. Earlier today, the Lions restructured restructured Jared Goff's contract, and they uh, basically just took uh, they saved $15 million in cap by converting his, his contract into a signing bonus, which means that now his 2022 cap and his 2023 cap are even higher. So it's basically, he's going to be there through the next two seasons. And then that's when they can get out of his contract. It's not just this year. He's on a two year rental. So I would be surprised if the Lions drafted a quarterback at this point, they can kind of just tank it out. They need a receiver. They need an X receiver badly. Jamar Chase is the best of that group. They need a slot receiver, but you can find a, a decent slot receiver on day two, especially in this draft. So it's Jamar Chase uh, for me here. And that's perfect. I I, I would totally agree. Um, you know, especially with Pitts going off the board, I, I think both those teams could, could think either way because of how good of a receiving threat Pitts is. But um, th- that makes it a no brainer for me with Chase being on the board there. He, to me, he's clear wide receiver one in this class. Yep. And that, that way it's not Tyrell Williams and, uh, Brashad Perriman being the the one two, you got to get you got to get at least some chance here. So yeah, it's got to be a, a got to be either Pitts or a wide receiver. All right, because of the Panthers Dolphins trade, we have Hayden once again on the clock, picking for the third fourth time in the last five picks. I think yeah, you're you're up. Ed, you're up. You rigged this so that you could make a bunch <laughs> of the top ten picks. Hayden, you are drafting for the Dolphins. Yeah, hopefully everyone's not tired of my voice and just starting to leave the <laughs> podcast. Uh, with the Dolphins, this is why I was very willing to trade down, is they were going to get one of these receivers anyways, and they kind of need another receiver. And to me, they need a slot receiver. They have Will Fuller under contract for one season. They already have Devontae Parker, who is a stud. Their current slot receiver slot receiver right now is Lynn Bowden. They use Mike Gusecki in the slot a lot because he's kind of in the like, uh, receiving-only type of tight end position. I'm going to go Jalen Waddle over Devonta Smith here. Um, I, I think that he is the perfect explosion factor that this offense needs. And obviously he has um, chemistry with Tua. And I just don't see the, the, the Dolphins chasing a quarterback this draft. I really anticipate them trading down just because the other teams are going to be trading up. And they can get away with it because Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase is going to be on the board. So I think I'm just going to go with Jalen Wall just for like just kind of the, the depth chart fits because they have Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and then Preston Williams on the outside already. 
Thor, do you like that for the Miami Dolphins taking Waddle over Devonte? Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. And then then you don't have to have that conversation with Devonta and uh, and Tua about why Devonta <laughs> prefers uh, Mac Jones. So that would be that would be a little bit easier. But yeah, I mean, um, we've seen obviously the the fit with either of them is cool and and nice because we've already seen them play with the quarterback so we know how Tua plays with them and Tua is a guy who's just so accurate I mean with either of them I, I like I said I think it's a really good fit but you know we saw him with Waddle you know Waddle's a guy if you can hit him on the hands when he's running full speed um, see ya yeah, there's a shot. You're, no one's taking him down before the end zone. And Tua, that's what he does. We need before Dolphins fans keep complaining about this. Is one of my biggest pet peeves on Twitter. I just want to put my head through a wall. It's like we need to get Tua targets that fit with his game, or you know, you could just say good targets. But the the bad targets he has now don't even work with his game. They're not guys that create separation. He's a very accurate quarterback, you know, all throughout the sectors. Um, but particularly in the middle sector with guys just streaking across the field, I think Waddle would be a great fit with him. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, we're about half, we're half, we are not about halfway through. We are exactly halfway through our 16 picks for today. And just want to quickly remind you that our premium product subscription store, I've paused your clock, don't worry, at NBC okay. Sports Edge, cover all sports. So right now you can still get access to NBA, NHL, college basketball, and MLB premium products as the baseball draft guide is now available. So for 10% off any subscription, enter the promo code GOOD10. That's GOOD10 for 10% off. Thor, the Atlanta Falcons now have about 90 seconds left to complete this pick. Yeah, so you know, we were going to take pits before and then obviously we got it we got a trade offer that we like. We pick up a day two pick. Um this allows us to move down and and take a position of bigger need. Um Pitts was just the he was the unicorn guy. If you're stuck there, um you could do really cool things on offense if you took him if you were the Falcons, but they have bigger needs on defense and that's something they really need to fix. Particularly Matt Ryan being the good soldier, he's around for, you know, a couple more years. Um, let's put a good defense around him. I'm going to take Patrick Sertan the second. He's the first defender off our board, and I think clearly he is the best cornerback in this class. No questions asked. He's been in press coverage by far more than any of these kids, and he's excelled at it on a per-snap basis. He's just a dominant cornerback. Obviously, he has the bloodlines, the NFL lineage, um, and then he you know, was at Alabama um, the last three years and just dominated. You, know, I mean, you talk about a kid that lived up to every single – ounce of his recruiting billing uh patrick sertan the second we'd be thrilled to get him in atlanta yeah they need a lot of secondary help i mean they need a lot of defensive help period and um just the way that they restructured matt ryan's contract similar to jared goff 
they can't get out of his contract for a while. Like next year, not an option. So, and I think that both uh, Terry Fontenelle and Arthur Smith signed with the Falcons this year, trying to maximize the last bit of the window with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones here. So they could stay at four and draft the quarterback. But I do think that with the restructuring of Matt Ryan's contract, that makes it a, a lot less likely. And I think that because they have so many needs, because they have so little cap space and they have so many starting spots that they need to fill, I think that they'll end up tr- trying to trade down. Um, and like, just like how we did with this podcast, there's going to be some suitors for that spot. And then once they, once they trade down, it's Patrick Sertain. It's a, it's an edge rusher. It's an offensive lineman. You kind of just name the name, the spot. I'm trying to keep my Falcons fandom low key here, but if you keep comparing Matt Ryan to Jared Goff, I might lose it. So <laughs> let's take it easy there. Hayden, uh, speaking of teams that need help on defense, the Dallas Cowboys at number 10 would also fall into that category. Thor, is that the direction you're headed for Dallas? It is, and we're we're furious that Sertan just went one pick ahead of us. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna flip to the the audible here, and we're gonna go with Caleb Farley. You would, I, I think, either team would have slightly prefer uh, Sertan in this spot, but um, you know, Farley is he, he's not far off, and he's another big kid that moves really really well. Obviously, he was an opt out last year, so we didn't see his. You know, the I assume there would have been progression in his game, um, but he has everything that you're looking for as far as a number one starting outside corner in the NFL. So we're going to go with Caleb Farley and try to start fixing that secondary, which badly needs help. Yeah, they need a number two corner and they signed their slot corner, who was not very good last year to a three year deal. I mean, it's basically it's a one year guaranteed contract. But yeah, they need two. They need two starting caliber corners to go with uh, Trevon Diggs, the last year's second rounder. And yeah, Patrick Sertain makes sense here. Caleb Farley makes sense. I'm not sure if you've seen J.C. Horn's pro day numbers yeah. uh, today, Thor. Uh, basically, like the best athleticism at corner in like the last like 20 years i mean like 41 and a half inch vertical like he's a player too he's insane press coverage big school uh jay-z horn's gonna come off the board here in a second too well is it going to be to the new york giants hayden who are picking 11th yeah the giants have just addressed their outside corners with the dory jackson um so i don't think that corner is the biggest need They, they also their secondary is so deep at safety i have no idea where they're gonna be playing they basically the last couple drafts they've just only been drafting secondary pieces so it starts up front with the giants and they need an edge rusher and this is where it becomes really interesting because there's not a locked in number one edge rusher and everyone seems to be pretty split here and i if you're looking at grinding the mocks expected draft position Quiddy Pay is at 22nd. Gregory Rousseau is at 22nd. Aziz Ojuliari is at 26th. That's who I'm going to go with, the Georgia product. And he is super fast off the edge. I, I haven't gone to do uh, too much film studies on these guys yet, but the stuff I saw, he is super fast. He's only 20 years old. And the last little nugget I have is Dave Gettleman's drafted somebody from Georgia in the last three drafts. Uh, so this would be the fourth one. I don't know what the connection is there. Uh, there is with that. There's probably nothing, but that's going to be the tiebreaker because we really have no idea the the edge rushing talent where where it's going to stack up on the board, um, especially with COVID, especially because there's less talks between scouts and stuff. So um, I'm going to go with the guy that offers the most speed, and that's as easy as Juliari. What do you think about that fit uh, for the Giants there, Thor? Um- so a Giuliari wouldn't be my pick if, if I was a Giants, but it makes a lot of sense. And and particularly, I mean, like th- this edge class is, you know, H- Hayden was alluding to it. It's hard to, put, you know, put your put them on the board right now because uh, c- there's a lot of guys that have a lot of question marks. Russo was the opt out last year, et cetera. Uh, Phillips has Jalen Phillips has a lot of injury uh, concerns in his past and was out of football for a while, et cetera. 
but uh, we know that Mr. Gettleman there in New York doesn't really care what any of us think. And he'll do, he falls in love with dudes and then he just takes them and he doesn't care. This is a guy, you know, in, in looking to address their edge need that I could absolutely see them, them falling in love with. So as far as a little bit of a knuckleball, I'm, I'm down with it. All right, just quickly resetting, and we're about to have Hayden picking, as, oh, Thor picking as the Niners in a second here, but just resetting. After the first four quarterbacks, we had Panay Sewell to the Bengals, then we had Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell going 6-7-8 to Philly, Detroit, and Miami, and then we had Patrick Sertan, the second, Caleb Farley, and Aziz Ojolari to Atlanta, Dallas, and the New York Giants. So, Thor, you are up for the Niners with a little over a minute left. Okay, so um, this is a really good scenario for us because our, our two biggest needs, we love a player at each position that has fallen to us. We got Devonta Smith, if we want to go receiver, or we can go J.C. Horn, if we want to address the cornerbacks. Just for the fun factor, I'm going to go with Devonta Smith here. Um, he he gets more comps to uh, to Marvin Harrison, but I think fans of the Bay Area uh, might also think that he evokes a slightly skinnier Jerry Rice just in the way he plays, how clever he is, the smoothness, everything like that, the craftiness, the route running, the hands. I think that they'll like him a lot. You pair him with Ayuk, who's a little bit more um, explosive. Some would say gadgety. He can do different things, whereas uh, Smith can just, I mean, he's going to be the chain mover. Um, and a guy in the red zone, as Alabama found, that, that consistently crosses the pylon, even though he's a smaller dude, he's still a killer in the red zone. So we're going to take Devonta here. This what a scary, just a scary <laughs> collection of pass catchers in San Francisco. My Go ahead, Hayden. gosh! I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo better be ready to throw for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns with this with this uh, skill set. I mean, yeah, that would be that would be wild. This is just kind of one of those scenarios, and it kind of happens in every draft where like one person that's like a consensus top ten pick, he's not leaving the first ten. Well, a lot of times there's more than the ten guys that are supposed to go in the top ten, and that's just kind of how the board falls here. Um, I would guess this is close to Devonta Smith's floor is around in the the low teens. And yeah, most likely he's going to be around like eighth overall, ninth overall. So yeah, this would just be a little bargain shopping for the 49ers here. Bargain shopping with arguably the, the best, arguably the best receiver in the nation. Uh, right. <laughs> Hayden, you now have a pick for the chargers 13th. We were dreaming at one point on this podcast about Kyle Pitts falling to the chargers and what that would look like, but that's not happening. So what are the chargers going to do here? Well, now we're going to re- uh, dream about Jared Cook being that Kyle Kyle Pitts for the Chargers. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, basically, it's kind of similar to the the Joe Burrow discussion. You want to keep Justin Herbert upright, and they have a major need at left tackle. They have a, a need at one of the guard spots as well. They luckily addressed center. They have a good right tackle as well. Um, so, for me, it's got to be offensive tackle, and I think Rayshon Slater is the consensus number two player. Worst case, if he has to kick into guard, which I've seen some people mention, um, there's a spot there too, but I think you start him at left tackle, see what he's got there. And uh, you just groom Justin Herbert, who was just shredding inside the pocket last year, vertical routes, and he's willing to take a shot, but you don't want him to take too many shots. And uh, Rayshon Slater seems like the guy that could just be a locked in five-year, 10-year starter with Justin Herbert. And you kind of just r- ride off into the sunset with those two. Thor, I think you're a fan of Slater, aren't you? You, you happy with this pick for the Chargers? No, I'm not happy because I'm the Vikings at the next pick. We <laughs> talked about regional bias before, and I was sitting dead red on Rashawn. I'm upset with you, Hayden. I'm upset with you. All right, well, you. But it your, is a good pick. Your Vikings now reeling. Papers are flying around in the draft room. What, what's going to happen here, <laughs> Thor? A minute thirty left. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like this might be the Vikings thinking this certainly by thinking of someone who's in Minneapolis that does this is like Kyle Pitts would be the guy that it's just like, okay, we're, we're doing this. We don't care. We'll figure it out. Um, and then I think the other two guys would be Sewell and Slater that you're hoping for. So this is sort of, this is the second worst scenario. The worst case scenario would be that Darisa is also off the board, but since he's not, we're going to take the last stud, like stud, stud, no doubter uh, at, at, at tackle. And we're going to take Christian Darisa out of, out of Virginia tackle. Awesome in the run game. We know that the Vikings, uh, they like to run the ball. They have the zone concept. Darisaw is going to be fine at that. He's an absolute people mover. He's a mauler. Um, And in the pass game, he's very good as well. Sits back nice. Um, He's got nice long arms, and he shows good power with that as well. Can stay in front of people with his feet. Um, So he's a guy where, you know, with the Vikings right now, trying to decide, do we keep Ezra Cleveland, you know, inside? Do we keep, you know, at right guard? Do we keep Brian O'Neill at right? Are we going to move him to left? Darisaw, he he would be a nice fit, uh, you know, in the same way that Slate or what Slater, you know, inside maybe more. Uh, but Darisai, you can either put him, you know, you can start him at left if you want and keep O'Neill where he's been. Or if you want to have O'Neill do the transition to the other side, he's going to be fine there. Um, and you could start Darisai at, at right tackle and just keep Ezra Cleveland inside. So I, I think, you know, whatever way you slice it, this is a really good um, fit. Even if it's not quite ideal, it's not the worst case scenario for the Vikings. So we're going to take Darisai and try to fix that offensive line. Would this mean that we can cross off offensive line need for the Vikings? It seems like for five years, the There's number one, one more starter, even after Darius. Gosh, I mean, we got to fix, seems... fix left guard. We're not bringing Dozier back. We're not putting Samia out there again. We're not, you know, like Rashad Hill. We, we don't want him out there. We got to find one more guard. That's going to be literally. It is project. always we are looking for a left tackle. We are looking for a left guard. It seems like it just. Always first round. And, and the crazy the thing mix. is they actually sink uh, draft capital into it, right? Like, you know, Garrett Bradbury a couple years ago, who yeah. hasn't panned out the way that they wanted him to. Uh, Samia, he, I mean, he was a little bit later, you know, early fourth, I think. Um, he hasn't panned out the way that they wanted to. Brian O'Neill has, you know, they got him in the second round. That was their one really good pick at that position. And then Ezra Cleveland, the the jury is still out on him. So they've been putting – the Vikings in the, in the pack – the Vikings might even put more draft capital in the offensive line than the Packers do. It's just the Packers consistently hit on that. That, which is for a Vikings fan frustrating to say and see. The Vikings also had what like 900 picks last year. I mean, they're they a had lot. so many draft picks last year, it was crazy. And they converted Hayden. some into extra picks this year. Hayden, I think Thor is getting his revenge for the Rashawn Slater pick because you guys he got you into that conversation about offensive line, and now you have about 30 seconds left <laughs> as the Patriots. So the league office is starting to, to peer around the corner and ask for this card. What do you got? Well, I'll make it quick, and I'm going to go Mac Jones. And there is a connection, obviously, between Belichick and Nick Saban here. And I also wonder with Belichick kind of in like the last couple of years of his career, presumably so, just because he's a little bit older, he likes maybe to do some little free agent shopping. And with Mac Jones, I mean, it's only going to be like two to three, four, five million dollars per year on, on his contract. And they just invested a lot of uh, draft or free agency capital into two year contracts, three year contracts with a, a lot of pieces on offense and defense. I wonder if they'd give Cam Newton a couple reps, see if his his shoulder's feeling better, his, his foot's feeling better. And if not, they can ride right into Mac Jones, who's a very high le- uh, high floor quarterback prospect in, in my mind. Um, the two tight end sets is not going to be too challenging for Mac Jones. You know you're going to have a decent off- offensive line too. So I don't see Mac Jones falling too much further than this. I think that he's kind of earned respect within like the NFL just circles just because he is a high floor prospect. You know, you can work inside the pocket. His athleticism was a little bit better. He's not like a, com- a completely uh, immobile quarterback. He's not going to be doing anything crazy, but uh, he, he he ran it pretty well in his pro day. looked pretty solid. He's not the craziest ceiling prospect, but I think that Belichick could appreciate the floor and then he can go find 
the already NFL established players to kind of mix around him. Thor, you've been gushing about Mac Jones at every opportunity on this podcast, <laughs> saying he's got to be, he's got to go in the top half of the first round. Yeah. Do you like, like this me. fit potentially for New England, though? I, 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 well, I mean, I, I do think the back is probably going to go around there in the middle of the first round. For me, he's a second round player. Um, so, but I do think that that's probably what's going to end up happening. The NFL clearly likes him more than I do. Uh, I, I think his uh, supporting talent and, and the scheme that he was playing and facilitated a lot of his, his production. Um, but again, it seems like the NFL disagrees. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And going to the last pick, the Cardinals, um, <laughs> I talked about this guy just a, a second ago. Uh, and we're going to get him off the board now. But before I do, though, Micah Parsons would be the one guy, like if I was going to sort of delineate from from my need here, just because he has fallen down just a little bit. But the Cardinals don't need uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, what they need is J.C. Horn. Um, and J.C. Horn, by the time draft gets here in late April, he might actually be seen as a guy like that's not going to get here. So the, the Cardinals may, you know, at least in this scenario, they're getting lucky with that one of those top three cornerbacks has fallen down here. And particularly, I mean, Horn, uh, Hayden was talking about earlier about his pro day. We already know that he's a big, you know, physical cornerback who did extremely well in the SEC um, over the last couple of years. And he's now proven to be just a fabulous elite level athlete. So um, he's going to go in the top half of the first round and it's the Cardinals biggest need. So it's one of those things where player and need align really well for us. Yeah. And just fit beyond that within the schemes too, just because the Cardinals leave their corners on an Island a lot more than most team so they play a lot of press man coverage and they blitz at top five rates and you need somebody that's been that's been doing that that can win on an island and you need athleticism for that and you need some sec experience that's not going to hurt them either i'm with you thor i think that this is probably dc horn's floor i I just don't see how he he stumbles beyond the cardinals because the the fit is just beautiful and his pro day numbers are awesome i'm gonna guess he ends up being at least the corner two. i think that with farley's back injury um, that's going to scare some teams. And these guys were already close enough where with Horn's pro day numbers and Farley's back injury, uh, I think those two are going to at least swap. And maybe Horn becomes corner one even over Patrick Sertan. That's like how crazy athletic he is. And yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very corner heavy draft in this like kind of low teens range right here. All right, just resetting the last five picks that we made. It was Devontae Smith to the Niners, Rashawn Slater to the Chargers, Christian Derrissaw to the Vikings who begrudgingly took him there after missing out on Slater. Mac we Jones, love him. We love him. Mac Jones to the Patriots and J.C. Horn to the Cardinals. So we're through the first 16 picks, halfway through the first round. That's all we're going to do today. As I said, pick 1732 will be coming up next week. Personally, I'm relieved the clock has finally stopped, guys. It was a little stressful keeping up with it. Also disappointed no one auto-drafted a kicker. I was really looking forward to that. But maybe next time. Uh, just quickly looking at the board, are you guys surprised with any aspect of how this thing shook out? Any pick or picks that really, really surprised you if that if we saw that happen in the actual draft? The, the biggest one for me is, is Parsons still being on the board. I, I think we're going to see him go very quickly once once next week starts. Um, but as far as the guys that went, maybe Ujolari, you know, but the one yeah. guy, but the, the Giants need that that edge help. But he, edge one right now is is very much an open race. Yeah, I, I think Micah Parsons, there's some off the, off the field stuff that they have to work through. So I'm not sure where he's going to go. He seems like a very big wild card um, because, I mean, his taping has been around forever. Like he's been considered a top 10 pick for like, two plus years already. So um, I'm curious where he's going to go in the real draft and our mock draft as well. And then, yeah, with, with the edge group, who knows? Cause every team needs edge rushers. And like, there wasn't that many edge rushers on like during free agency and they got scooped up relatively fast. And I mean, 
somebody's got to go high because it's like it's a obviously it's like a top five uh, NFL position, and one of these guys is probably going to pop. We're going to get their pro day numbers over the next couple of weeks, and I'll be, I'm guessing at that point it'll be pretty clear. All right, anything uh, you guys like to promote before we get out of here? Uh, check out my uh, my scouting uh, series. Uh, put out tackles uh, just yesterday, and next week around this time, I'll be putting out the interior offensive line. So check that out on NBC Sports Edge. I'm going to do uh, kind of a team needs update um, with some potential fits. Uh, and that's just going to be by conference or by division. And that's going to be like kind of, I'm going to go one after another for like uh, basically two weeks in a row. And I think that starts like sometime this weekend. All right. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. As I mentioned, we'll be back wherever you listened, did I say, or listen? Either way, wherever you listened or listen. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week with picks 17 through 32. You can follow these guys on Twitter, at Thorku, at Hayden Winks. Thor, Hayden, thanks to both of you. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.